You're listening to the Do the Damn Thing podcast with Liz Heron, episode 33. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Do the Damn Thing podcast. My name is Liz Heron, and I am your personal cheerleader, helping you get off your butt and on your way to trying something new, facing your fears, or realizing your dreams. No matter what your damn thing is, whether it's asking for a raise at work, organizing your house, getting out of that toxic relationship, or pursuing your passion project, this show will provide you with real-world, tangible tips and inspiration so you can live the life you deserve. If you're ready to do the damn thing, then you have come to the right place. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's jump in. Hello, friends. I am so excited about today's episode. I feel like I say that every week, but... Um, I just always am. I'm just really excited about the the guests that I have on, the topics that we're talking about. Um, but this week is a really special one because my guest is Jessica Snow. And Jessica is a meditative storyteller and an energetic alchemist, which, oh my gosh, I love that description. It's so good. Okay. So we are talking about meditation on the show today. And I brought on Jessica Snow because she is unlike any other like meditation um, leader that I've ever met. Um, She's just like her energy is so great. And she has made me actually feel really good about meditating. (laughs) I was feeling kind of bad about meditating and the fact that I couldn't like make a a practice happen. And I um, was just feeling like I knew there were benefits to meditation, but I just wasn't doing it. And then I felt bad about it. And, um, through this conversation with Jessica, it's, it's really turned around the way that I look at meditation. And I, um, I really think that you're going to enjoy this show. She is so phenomenal, so fun. I could have talked to her for like hours. And in fact, even after we stopped recording the show, I think we kept talking for like another like 45 minutes. Um, And there's also a little mini guided session within the episode. So before we get started, I just want to kind of give you a little bit of background on Jessica. Since 2011, her bright imagination, inclusive nature, and magical voice have made her a sought out and beloved meditation guide in her hometown of Los Angeles. Today, Jessica is a leader in the guided meditation movement and an authentic voice of the new, new age. She writes, creates, records and leads inventive mystical experiences that are as profound as they are pleasurable. Beneficial for both the first-timer and experienced meditator, her narratives are powerful original myths and fairy tales filled with symbolism. By placing the participant as the, at the center of each journey, she opens the door to the possibilities of awakening, rejuvenation, and transcendence. To date, people have pressed play on her meditations over 65,000 times. Whether working in contemplative or creative modalities, Jessica's main aim is always the same, to reconnect you with your own magic. Oh, I love that. She is, and that is like the perfect word for her. She is magical. Her website is youaremagicla.com, but I really think that Jessica Snow is magic, and I think that once you hear um, her meditation and kind of check out her site, you are going to fall in love with meditation as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jessica Snow. 
correct. So yay, I'm so excited that you're on the show. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so excited. So we're just going to jump right in because I'm meditation is something that I've always been fascinated by. I feel called to do it, um, but then I don't do it. Yes. So before we jump in, I think into- I know why. <laughs> okay, I think good. I know why. I have a theory. <laughs> so let's um, just give me a little bit of background on like how you became a meditation leader. Um, okay, so in about I've always like been a seeker and like read mystical books and spiritual things, but in 2002 I was feeling anxious, so I just started going to a weekly vipassana meditation class every Sunday night and it helped me. And so then I just started going deeper and deeper. And then many years later, about 7 years, 7 or 8 years later, I went on a shamanic retreat. Now, Vipassana, which is what I did for all that time, is very strict. You sit in a certain way. You can't itch your nose. You know, it's okay. very, it has a lot of rules. That's the one I feel like everybody when I think of meditation, that's like mindfulness I think of it. Yeah. or insight meditation. Yes, that's like you can't lay down. You can't wear yeah. headphones. You know, it's very strict. So um, then I went on this retreat and we meditated for someone else. Like basically not knowing them, you know, hi and hi. And this is kind of my thing is a career thing. My thing is a love thing. We meditated for each other. We came out of it and it was just like spectacular. And I just realized that I had just been meditating in my own little bubble. And it kind of like I had this instant knowing that like there's so much more to experience than this kind of narrow definition of meditation. So then I started writing my own meditations and I would do them in my backyard with my friends on full and new moons, like these very extravagant oh, okay. ceremonies, too extravagant because <laughs> I was really trying to prove myself. Um, I wasn't trusting that it just, it, it just happens. Um, and then my friends started inviting their friends and then we moved to another location and another location. And then um, after a little while, I was like at a wedding in, a, in the desert and it was after the wedding and we're all outside and... Um, some other guests had just opened a crystal shop in Silver Lake mm. called Spellbound Sky. And they were like, why don't we do a weekly meditation? And I was like, okay. And so we in the shop. So we oh. started doing that. And then on like the fourth one, they were like, why don't we associate a crystal with each one? Which was when it really started yeah. to like take off. So basically... I just got my chops by every week, you know, for two years, I was writing a meditation a week at least, leading a meditation a week at least. And then I started getting other opportunities. I did like a Kickstarter and I gathered up 99 of the meditations and put them into a book. And then in 2017, I just realized that like, it's so great to, and fun to come to the meditation, but there's a lot of people who can't do that. Um, geographically or whatever so then I started my streaming service so people can just pay eight bucks a month they can listen to over 90 meditations just whenever they want because it's great to come to like the big fun full moon thing but we all kind of suspect and you're kind of already saying that if we do it a little bit every day that's going to brighten our lives in a more consistent way than I do this one huge thing yeah. once a month, you know, and, and then I forget about it for the rest of the month. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I think, cause it's somebody who's in your, as you're saying that, I'm like, Ooh, once a month sounds good. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Only because I know that like my barrier has been the like, you have to do it. Yes. Every day. So let me share my theory. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I think has happened. And this is why sometimes in just polite conversation, like at a party or something, I won't even say the word meditation. Because the word meditation 
I think has become something that, especially for women, has been like another dry chore. So this is like another thing on the to-do to list. Exfoliate. You have to do this. You have to do that. <laughs> you and it, it's for you me. You have to meditate. Yes, at least five you minutes have in to the meditate and at night and, and comma yeah. or else you aren't good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And people will often say to me, I can't meditate because, and I say why, and they say because I can't stop my mind from thinking. That's not what I we can't do. And still, yeah, I that's can't, that's yeah. yeah. So all of this, it's it for me my meditation practice is like a delicious treat it's like a it's mini breaks in my day where i'm like connecting to my inner being and i love it it's delicious it is nourishing it feels good it's like it's something you look forward to rather than so i i and especially if something hard is going on then i i run to it Hmm. so I think yeah. there's a little trouble with the word meditation. There's also like the traditional mindfulness meditation can be a little masculine and disciplinary and hierarchical. And what we do with guided meditation is a little bit different. You can lay down. If you need to move during the meditation, you can. You can do an open eye meditation. You can take a walk and listen to a meditation. You can use headphones. Um, you can use any number of things mm-hmm. to really create that pleasurable I think of it as a pleasurable art as opposed to a dry chore. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And in our Western kind of productivity-minded society that we're living in, I think now because there's so much science behind how good meditation is for you, in a weird way, that makes it, it turns it into something else we could punish ourselves for yes. for not doing, and that is the opposite flavor that I want to encourage in people. I just really look at meditation, visualization, inner work. These are chances to reconnect and supercharge your own magic. So why wouldn't you want to do that, right? It doesn't have to look like sitting on a cushion in a lotus pose with your hands (laughs) a certain way and like just having no thought, no thought, no thought. And good luck if you want to try that. But all that is, is it just inviting so much judgment against ourselves. And I think especially with women, it doesn't serve us. So to reframe it to almost like, you know, I say to people like, what if I told you there was this thing that's like so nice, you can do it in 30 seconds or 30 minutes, and it like just makes your whole life feel so much better. You feel so much more powerful. Like everything (laughs) seems so Sign me up. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? Um, so yeah, so I think, I think we're in a, the, the, the popularity scientifically of mindfulness and meditation, now that we're able to measure what, of course, sages have known for a really long time, um, is it, is a double-edged sword. It can turn it into this thing that's like, oh, I'm not a good person because I'm not meditating. Or I'm not doing it right. Like, I think mine is like, okay, well, are they supposed to, my eyes supposed to be closed? Are they supposed to be like half-lidded? Like I've heard all these different things and it's like. Oh, if I don't do it this way, do I not get the yes. benefits, right? And so, yeah, that's definitely been a barrier. And also, you know, everybody can create their own practice. What I mean by that is every morning for 15 minutes, I meditate the same way. I listen to a steady drum beat. That's it. As soon as my body, I've been doing this for so long, as soon as my body hears that drum beat, sometimes it is hard to like sit down and put the headphones on. But as soon as the drum beat comes, it's like my whole physiology goes, okay, okay, this is what we're doing. Then, if I can, 
my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. is at like 4, 4.30, if I can lay down then and listen to like a visualization. Okay. That really works for me. For someone else, they don't want to do it first thing in the morning. They want to work out first thing in the morning. Go yeah. work out. And then if you have a lull in your day after you eat lunch, lay down for 20 minutes and meditate then or whatever. Oh, work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like we just need to be way more permissive about the whole thing. And just like whatever works for you to your Yeah. Because I think I've been doing that where it's like, well, I guess I have to like meditate in the morning and I also work out in the morning yes. and I also do my like self-coaching stuff yes. in the morning. Like I've yes. got all these things and I'm like, damn it. Yeah, you're not getting your day started now <laughs> till like, noon. Yes. It's yes. like 11 o'clock. I have yes. to take a shower. Yes. And I'm just, and I still feel like I'm like, I'm right. Like it, these things are supposed to like relax you or bring you yeah. joy and all of a sudden. Oh, I like, always joke. I'm like checking like, all this off. Because I don't put a lot of focus on um, following the breath. Mm. Uh, I put some. Okay. But I don't... And I totally want... I want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why is because if you're already feeling anxious or you're already feeling depressed or bad and someone tells you to relax, what does that do to you? It makes you freaking tense, <laughs> right? So it's like, great, now I'm relaxing yeah, no, wrong. No, 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 no. That's not how... We're, we're going to come in with like a spoonful of sugar yeah. and like from the side. And then also I just want to say that like, you know... There's a thing in popular knowledge that, you know, you have to meditate for 15 minutes. You have to meditate for 20 minutes. That is not true. If you want to do literally a three-minute check-in, if you want to pick a piece of classical music that feels uplifting to you and listen to that right before you get out of bed in the morning, Mm -hmm. that's a meditation in my book. And that will change your life. I, I really will. So it doesn't have, and also, you know, if you're in your car and you're about freeing to to know, like, I'm just like, oh, like I feel relaxed just even knowing that, like, oh, I could just do that. Yeah. You can just do (laughs) that. I don't have to like order the pillow up on Amazon. No, you do not. You actually, you know, I mean. (laughs) Dedicate a space in my house. Nope. 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 And this is the thing is like, we're all making our way through life. Right. And so in my view, this is a bit of magic that helps you rather than something that you're going to beat yourself up on or feel like you failed at or anything, it changes. You know, my meditation teacher, actually my Vipassana teacher once said to me, he said, you can, I said, oh, I haven't been, you know, doing my, my own daily practice, you know, blah, blah. And he said, well, he said, you can learn as much about meditation by not meditating as meditating. What he meant is when you're not meditating, you notice, oh, my day's a little crunchier. Things aren't flowing for me. It's not as smooth. And that actually inspires you in the long term to create a more sustainable daily yeah. practice. So by not doing it every day, it actually helps you do it every and day I in the future. And I think that is how like I keep getting that message. Yeah. Is like when there are times and, and things will pop up for me and like my first thought is I should meditate. Yeah. And my second thought is I don't have time for that. Yes. And there's a joke about that. <laughs> have you heard that joke where they say if you think you you don't have time to meditate for an hour, you should meditate for two. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that is a, that is a that, you know, that's an old-fashioned meditation. Because joke. I think it's that idea that it's like, well, now I've got to sit for this long or I have to do it this certain way. You can have a little piece of music or, you know, a very short thing on your phone, even recorded in your own voice, right? Yeah, that's... So when you said that you were writing your own meditations, it was like, I literally was like, you can do that? Like, you're you're allowed to do that? You are are allowed to do that. I'm here to give everybody permission perpetually. (laughs) If it feels good, if it works for you, I'm all about efficacy, right? 
So a lot of people use guided meditation because it does have that delicious quality. It does have that feeling of someone else is driving me so I can ride and like yeah. see what's going on. Um, so it yeah, makes wanna, it easier. I want to talk a little bit more about that because you were talking about the breath work and like that's something that people associate with meditation, right? Yes. Like breathing in and breathing yeah. out. Um, there's also like gongs and chants. Like I used to do a... Um, I think it was like Kirtan Kriya or it was like a Kundalini yes, one. Yes, yeah. And I liked that because it like involved an action. And I yes. always told myself that I had trouble sitting still. Yes. And so it was like, well, let me do something where I, it involves some sort of action. Um, but you do guided meditation. I do. And so what, like what? Let's give a yeah. little tidbit just for people who feel like they, they don't want to sit still. Yes. Take a five minute walk and just be aware and notice everything that pops out at you on that walk is an object for contemplation and on that five minute walk you will have more insights than you might have the rest of the day so that's i mean oh okay that's another way <laughs> yeah. to so don't sit if you don't feel like sitting and there are different times in our lives too right now you might be in a super active kind of like mars driven mode great do that yeah. give yourself a walking meditation walking meditation here's another one you you know have some old pattern that kind of blooms up in you one day Take a five-minute walk and consciously leave that on the walk. Leave mm. it on the sidewalk. Leave it behind you. Feel yourself the whole walk walking away from that old pattern. There's all these different kinds of things yeah. you can do that have nothing to do with like sitting and looking a certain way. Okay, <laughs> sitting so and eyes closed yes, and breathing. <laughs> yeah. So what were, what was the thing before that? Was, uh, so yeah, like just kind of. So you do guided meditations. Yes. And so why? What, like why do you do the guided ones? Like why is that? Why so this is the this is the truth of it. So the guided meditations are kind of like a story, and you're kind of put into the position of the the hero or the heroine of that story. The reason that I think it's so um, successful with people is because we have these nice big brains, right? They are very very powerful. The story of the guided meditation is actually, think of your brain like a puppy, right? And it's like nipping at uh -huh. you, wants to play. <laughs> the story is a toy or a bone that you're throwing to that puppy and you're kind of saying, chew on this, play with this over mm -hmm. here. While the story is going along, there may be some alchemical things that are happening because of the story. And then also maybe it's just enough for your brain to chew on. So these other things can happen. So mm. your nervous system can be soothed. So physiologically, you can have a moment of like calming down, yeah. of like regeneration, of healing. And just, you know, in our modern world, we, like stress is normal, right? It's part of nature. Even eating food is stressful for the body in certain ways. But the normal stress cycle is like stress, tension, release, relaxation. In our world now, we're just going stress tension, stress tension, yeah. stress tension. There's no release and there's no relaxation. So if I tell you an, a beautiful enough myth or fairy tale that you are involved in, right, and your brain is doing that over yeah. here, now your body, your energetic field is getting to release and rest and come down from the more stress tension kind of frenetic pace that we're, yeah. we're all maintaining right now. And I think that people underestimate how much we need to rest yeah. and, and release and heal yeah. from just the daily living that we're doing. I was reading something about that. It's so funny. They were talking about the need for like tension release yes. and this relaxation and how like 
yeah, our bodies aren't meant for that. Like, we think we're always being chased by a bear, yeah. perpetually. <laughs> and, that's and, and really, whatever, 500 yeah. years ago, you'd only get chased by a bear once in every great while. You would only <laughs> have that them. adrenaline flush yeah. once, you know, once a year. I don't know. Now it's it's constant. And people can feel when you're just, yeah. in, you know, cruising along with a guided meditation, a lot of times people cry there's there's crying to release but there's also like a different kind of crying which is like oh my gosh i'm just with myself yeah like i, feel I see myself i i'm 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 present i see that i'm alive like these things you know you're always yourself you're always alive but you, you, that you can witness it and so a lot of powerful things can happen just you know the story of the guided meditation is yeah. just you that nice big brain something to do and then also it does sometimes um, something alchemically can happen. You can take an action in, in that meditation that's kind of part of that story yeah. where you really do throw some stuff into a fire and it really does release it and you've experienced that yeah. on some level. And then when you come out of meditation, you are different. And I don't know how it works, but the world <laughs> shows up differently. You know? Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah, when you show up differently, the world shows up differently. Yeah. Um, so I love, so I think you, on your site you have a meditation called The Field mm -hmm. that I've listened to a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I really like that one. And I love this idea of story because I did feel like it was like, it almost was like, a, um, it reminded me of like a choose your own adventure story That's like that right. you, when yes. you were a kid that you would read. And it was like, oh, and it, it, I think at one point I did feel my mind start to wander or something happened. And like in your meditation, you were like, I, it, you said something about like, you're doing this just right or there's no yes. wrong. Like you say yes. something and I was like, oh, Okay. Like it came as soon as my brain was like, this, I don't think you're supposed yes. to do this. Yes. And then and you were like, this is right. You're this doing has exactly come up <laughs> twice in the past week. Yeah. And um, I always tell people if in the meditation, let's say in the story of it, I say go to a mountain and you end up at a beach or you end up in outer space mm -hmm. or you end up at the top of a tree, stay where you are. Follow <laughs> don't that. Try to run there is insight there. there yeah. Everything is grist for the mill. Even when we come out of meditation and think, oh, that wasn't a good meditation. Well, that's an insight. Mm. That's an object of contemplation. Let's look at that. Why do you think it wasn't a good meditation? And then yeah. we start getting into that. It's like, no, actually, anytime you are present and aware and awake to what's happening in real time in your life, yeah, that's a meditation to me. You know, we are so, we live in a beckoning world. Everything is pulling at us, especially visually now. Like it's just, it's just, there's, we're, yeah. you know, under we're like, a yeah, barrage. Yeah. yeah. And so anytime you can wrangle your awareness and your attention to what is really happening, whatever's happening, good or bad, is grist for the mill. It is opportunities for insight. It's opportunities for awareness. It's opportunities to transmute something, to transform something. Like, But if you're constantly just taking in the barrage, you know, um, you don't get as many chances to like, it, I mean, very often something you know, traumatic has to happen for yeah. you to go into that state. But you can get into it in a really pleasurable way, too. Well, and I love your meditation, too. They are like, it's like an imagination exercise. It is. I'm, and I really, really love that. In a long time romance with imagination. I think that imagination... <laughs> I, love that, I love that, like, long-term romance. Yes, that's actually in my bio. That's my, that's my new jam. But I love like, it. But, but, you know, our imaginations are the one place... We, where we are truly sovereign, truly sovereign. I would say in meditation, you can experience 
anything you want, anything you want, you know, from the most kind of materialistic, you know, kind of thing to, you know, very heightened, you know, emotional and spiritual states. And to do that, you got to have an imagination that you've been training, that you've been stretching in the direction of things that um, feel good to you. Our imaginations, if left to their own devices, because of the collective, because of the society and the civilization that we're living in, that civilization, in general, will direct your imagination into scary oh, yeah. or sad or difficult areas. The imagination has equal power if you take kind of like, um, if you're the riverbanks, right, mm -hmm. and your imagination is a river, if you steer your riverbanks in a different direction, your imagination, I mean, everything that I've been able to do is because of imagination. Every meditation I write, guess how I write it? I meditate, mm. I get information from my imagination, and then I come out and I type it up, you know? and things that I've imagined have come to pass. And I've also tried on things in my imagination and I found out, oh, this does not feel like I thought it would mm -hmm. feel. I actually don't want this. Oh, so, so then I'm not chasing something that's actually was not for me to yeah. begin with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, imagination is everything. And I think because we are so visual and we just have access to like some kind of media on us at all times that as the years go by, I just become more and more accountable to and protective of my imagination. And I, yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite faculties that I have as a person. Yeah. Cause I keep thinking about like, I know as a kid, like I was a big reader, I was a big like daydreamer. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I was always, you know, my sister and I were always coming up with, you know, elaborate, like almost soap opera S stories for our Barbies. And like, it was this, you know, we were, I felt like I was constantly in my imagination. Yes. Like I laugh now because I used to host a quote unquote radio show. Here we are. I know. <laughs> As a kid, I used to walk around with my cassette recorder and like interview my sister or like, you know, whatever, like uh, put little song snippets in. And, but, and now it's like, I think because to your point, like we're, there's so much all the time yes. that we're not giving our brains that time to like exercise that and to kind of play in that, that play to play play is a perfect word and then also you know we because we need our analytical mind our logical mind and our ego just to survive um we can get a little narrow in what we understand to be possible for us and where the imagination 100%. comes in, it can bring information in from the side, from underneath, from above, that um, you know surprises us, and allows us then to be kind of have a wider. Um, we're more available to things that are outside that narrow little scope of yes. like what we think logically might happen, like yeah. you know, and and that is, if, I mean life is for living right like and so the way that the imagination if if trained properly for lack of a better term can just really allow your life to bloom you know we always do these meditations where we go like one five ten years in the future mm. um and people are always shocked that when you get to the 10-year one you're like i don't even know what would thrill <laughs> me in 10 years right yeah but guess who knows your imagination mm. 
starts to be able to bring things forward and then you get to try them on and you're like actually that doesn't that, that's not me yeah oh this I never even thought of that in daily real life and now I'm like yeah I would that's a great direction yeah. to go in and you know how we do anything is how we do everything. 100%. So then that, again, that 15, 20 minute meditation is now changing all of those micro actions that you're taking through your daily life, which is changing, again, the trajectory of the whole thing. Yeah. And the more we tune in to like what our inner being has going on, um, the more we develop lives that please us, yeah. like really make us happy instead of there's a lot what of we think. Uh, yes, yeah. what we think might make us happy. A lot of other people have ideas. I would say what we're told will make yes. us happy. And, yeah. and there's a lot of information coming from that. And humans are, you know, we're like pack animals. We're social animals. So if we're getting a lot of information yeah. from the collective, we do tend to listen to that. And that can be to our detriment, you know? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so the other thing that I always struggle with when it yes. comes to meditations yes. is falling asleep. Yes. Okay. Here's <laughs> and then I'm like, great. I fell asleep yeah. in the middle of that. Or yeah. So how I feel about that? Because people fall asleep when I'm talking at least once a week, or yeah. you know, every. And I, <laughs> it just makes me feel maternal. Oh, that's I feel good. like it's good that you it, don't like make that like. No, it's because if you fall asleep, that means your body needs rest. Hmm. Period. So now we have an insight. Now we look at the rest thing that's happening with us. Did I, you know, am I getting enough rest yeah. at night? Blah, 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 blah. We address that. We keep meditating. We keep falling asleep. Okay, but usually you won't fall asleep three or four days in a row. Gotcha. So you fall asleep once. Again, it's not getting down on ourselves for thinking during meditation or falling asleep or whatever. There's no wrong. The only wrong is, is, um, beating yourself yeah. up about doing it, not doing it, how long I did it, did I do it like my friend does it, did mm. the yoga teacher said this, did it, you know, like, take all of that, yeah. put it to the side, and just, like, you know, um, develop a commitment to yourself that, like, I want to show up for you a little bit, and I want to have fun with you and yeah. play with you, and the real world is a little bit trickier of a place to do that, but you know where we can do it? In the interior. Um yeah, that's definitely been something that I'm trying to do more of. And, like, this summer, one of the things on my, like, bucket list was to have more fun. Yes. And that meant, like, in all what things. What about fun? What I know. Like, fun? But it was, like, one of those things where it was, like, in all things. Right? Yes. So it was, like, even with, like, my mindset work or belief work, it was, like, how can this be fun? Yes. Right? And so. I love that. Yeah. And for me, it was funny because I, I, now that I've got your, um, your meditations and stuff, I'm, like, oh, now this is fun. Yes. Like, I found myself during the summer just kind of like putting meditation aside yes. because I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm having fun. So yes. This is not fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then it. also like, you know, you could do a very short little meditation. If you, let's take this. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have more fun. You know, what happened to fun? I'm yeah. bringing, I'm bringing fun back. Bringing fun back. I'm going to spend 45 seconds, one minute. Every time I get in my car, every time I wash my hands or whatever the thing is that you do a lot. I'm just, I'm just going to think what would be like the fun choice, mm. the next fun choice. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't have to be a huge, there's a lot of stuff, especially on Instagram. I feel like I'm just like this making everything look like a big, huge production. It's like, yes. now I have to get like seven white candles and I have to get this orange rose and <laughs> I, I can put it in my bathtub. Yes. And, and, the and I have to da da da. Yeah. And actually that can be another way that resistance can come in and block you from doing any inner work. Right. Yeah. 
it's like, oh, well, I, I don't have that kind of bathtub to put the thing in yes. and the cinnamon and the like orange petals. Yeah, yes. Burn it yes, in yes. And bury it so in the instead, you know, I mean, and I, I love crystal meditation and I'm kind of known for crystal meditation and it is so beautiful and fun. But I always joke, like, we could, instead of using these beautiful crystals, we could go outside and everyone could pick a rock and bring it back inside and we could meditate with that rock. And guess what? Work just as well. Yes. Maybe even better in some weird way. There's um, an open eye kind of meditation where you you um, the uh, it's called Nalu. It's like Hawaiian, but mm-hmm. basically the first time I did it, it was like on a flower. So you're looking at flowers, like oh, this you know it's very yeah. beautiful. But I had even a more powerful experience um, looking at a like a, a broken down coffee cup, like a paper coffee cup in a oh. gutter. So meditating with that for like a few minutes actually brought more insight than the flower. Does that make mm, sense? So yeah. like it's all, that's what I mean. It's all grist for the mill. Like it's all, you know, in it. And what I love too, like on your site, what I'm so drawn to is that like, and even in your office too, it's like, it's very colorful. It's very like bright. Yeah. Like, I, I told my designer, my, <laughs> my colors are black, white, and rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> and what I love about like even the, um, the individual ones, the individual meditations mm-hmm. that you can download it's like they just look like it's not like the beach and like a seashell. Yes. No. <laughs> and like, but instead they're like really bright. Like I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm much more drawn to this. I'm like, oh, that looks like my life. Or yes. like that looks like something that I could relate to. And also, you know, like, um, I always call it mind candy, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I, I want it to, to feel like yeah. because I do know that like, before you show up to a class that you've never been to before, or before you put headphones on and let someone you don't know whisper into your brain, there is a moment of hesitation. So I'm trying to be as welcoming and it's okay as possible. And and to, to really give you a hint before you listen to the meditation that it's gonna be a good time in there. You know, even if even if you face different hard things and stuff like that, I mean, like I said, I try to do all my crying in in meditation. I have a special place in my inner world where I go to try to work things out because mm-hmm. when I do it in there, I get all the benefits, I get all the release, and when I come out, I feel like I went in, I released, I yeah. feel better. I have like helpers in there; they help me, right? So that's so much better than just like randomly like pushing it down pushing it down and then like having like a sob session in the car before (laughs) after somebody says something to you right like or for no reason i was just i I had one of those yesterday where i was like i just feel like i could just cry right now so don't you want to have like a a lavender field in your interior where you can go to and just like fling yourself on the ground like some sort of like you know romance novel heroine it's like ah, and then pull yourself up and have some guide there to give you a little like you know reset and like reframing everything and then you know the meditation ends you dry your eyes and and you go forward it's a lot more conscious way to also like sometimes we don't even know we're sad we don't know we're mad we don't know we're having a hard time because we can be so tough you know, we can be troopers. Yeah. You know, and it's better to know you're sad or mad or having a hard time because then you can um, transmute that. But anything that you don't know is going on yeah. has like a, an extra power over you. Yeah, and I think that's 
a huge thing for me is like realizing right like life is 50 50 like people are going to be sad and yes. unhappy. like that's yes. just the human experience it is i don't know why but it's just part of it, it suffering is. is part of it yeah and, and it's, it's okay it's not because you're bad yeah and i think that idea like there's so many people that don't want to feel that or like yeah. okay i'm gonna you know oh i'm gonna meditate to feel good and yes. then like something might happen when you start yes. to cry and it's like yes. well what is this yes and it's like, I always call that not getting what you ordered, you know? Like, it's like, no, I ordered ecstasy yeah. and bliss and nirvana. And I just realized that I have a major problem in my life that I've been ignoring. Yeah. That came up, you yeah. know? And it's like, it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And what it is, is especially when you first start a, like a good practice, you know, things that you've been pushing and relegating into shadow, hmm. you know, are going to start revealing themselves. And people have a fear of like, you know, an emotional annihilation. If I let myself start to cry, yeah. then I will never stop. But the truth is that when you are non-resistant, emotions change very quickly from one to the next. When you're resistant, that's where you get stuck in a yeah. certain phase of emotion. And, um, you know, I also, I teach soul collage and soul collage mm -hmm. taught me something about shadow that like has changed my life. And that is... In soul collage, shadow does not mean something bad or dark or scary. All it is is something out of balance. Hmm. And when you recognize it as something that's out of balance, you become the empowered one who can modulate and change the balance. If you don't know something is out of balance, it just gains momentum. If you know it's out of balance, you're like, okay, I see yeah, I mean, that. See now you adjust. can start turning the dials and like, and also, you know, even traits that our society deems non-shadowy, deems positive, they have shadow too, right? Like what? Like, you know, it's good to work and be productive. Well, you can also be a workaholic mm -hmm. who's like not doing other things, not working out, not hanging out with your friends and family, not having fun, not yeah. da 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 da. Um, what's another one? Uh, you know, I'm so kind. I'm so generous. Mm -hmm. Well, the shadow of that would be, oh, I'm getting taken advantage of a lot. Mm -hmm. People are not treating me well. Um, or putting other people before yourself. Yes. Like not taking care of yourself. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm so, yeah. so there's all kinds of ones that are like good traits, good qualities, but if they are out of balance, mm -hmm. now they're in the realm of shadow and they need to, the dials need to be turned, yeah. you know, so you can get it to the right level again. So what is soul collage? So soul collage <laughs> is, um, I stumbled into it accidentally. I'm obsessed with it. Um, so it's basically a, the process of creating your own deck of oracle cards by collaging. Mm. So they're special five by eight blank cards. You collage onto them. Each card has one energy or identity. So like I have like, you know, Personally, I have a strong inner critic, so I mm -hmm. have a card called the strict man. So mm. now that when I first made the card, he's like a CHP guy with like reflective glasses <laughs> and he's serious. He has this CHP hat on. But once I made that card, when I made it, I was like, I don't like this card. I don't like him. This part of myself I don't like. Mm. I would do better without this part of myself. And then when I, he started to talk to me through the card, he was like, I've been helping you. I've helped you your whole life, which is true. Mm. So then with this understanding of balance, so if I pull that card in the morning, sometimes the voice of the card is like, yeah, you've, you've been kind of a hard charger. Let's, you know, you can be a little extra mm. with this. Let's give yeah. yourself a break. Sometimes I pull him and he's like, we have stuff to do. We're going to get it all done. <laughs> okay. I'm by your side. 
So do you see how yeah. that changes that? So basically, over time, you just keep making cards, and then you use them just like you would use oracle cards for readings. But then there's also all these other things that you can do with soul collage cards that I wouldn't do with like a published oracle deck, a regular mm. oracle deck. Yeah. And I, you, your cards are only for you. You do not use them to do readings for other people. You don't let other people do readings with your cards. You, we don't really post them on like social media or anything gotcha. like that. It's really like I joke that like, you know, something happened, I would grab my soul collage deck <laughs> and like that's what I would bring with me because yeah. it's so important. I pull a card every morning um, and then I do readings with them. Um, I still like published decks too. Mm -hmm. Like I have my favorite decks, but there's something about the way that the cards that I've made myself, they're so specific to me mm -hmm. and their message and voice comes through so clear yeah. and they're funny and like <laughs> they have a little weird dark sense of humor sometimes, yeah. you know, like on Monday I actually had like the, these tree trimmers coming mm -hmm. and I pulled a card with a girl sitting on a tree branch and I was like, <laughs> that's weird, you know, or like, I don't know. So they yeah. they have a certain, you know, so I was like, I'm going to watch the tree trimmers today, which I did and mm -hmm. I gave them a little more attention and instruction than I maybe normally would. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so they're very, um, they're both mundane and like outrageously spiritual. Okay. Um, well, and what's fascinating to, about that to me is one of the things that like I've kind of been on the journey of is like just trusting myself. That's and right. I feel like when, like even you just talking about it, I'm like, oh, well, no, I should buy the store bought ones. Like yes. somehow, like I assume that the store bought ones will know me better you know than I know. Listen, so this is, himself. I never thought I would ever say this, but since I started doing soul collage and making my own cards, mm -hmm. even with my published store-bought decks, I never look at the books anymore. Mm. All I do is I go off the first thought, right thought, when yeah. I turn those cards over. Oh, okay, so you didn't go to the like, oh, this I don't this, look it up, like, anything up anymore yeah. because I know that like, I'm a unique individual having a unique experience yeah. and the book is is um, I guess there if you need it but once I started working with Soul Clutch I was like oh no there's like you know each card is who they are just like you're Liz and I'm Jessica right mm -hmm. we're always Liz and Jessica however depending on the day and time of day that you talk to me I'm gonna say something different to you that's it so the strict man yeah. some days is like you need to calm down you yeah. are being too hard on yourself. Other days, he's like, we're going to get some yeah. shit done. Right? <laughs> so to get to work. so yeah. he's still the same guy. Yeah. Right? So, and that's the same thing when you're using a published deck now. I will not look at the book because I look at what's on that card and I get that instant hit of like, this is what it means for me. Mm -hmm. And I also have become way, I do not really get readings from anybody else anymore. I, um don't do tons of readings. I think when I was younger, especially in my 20s, I would keep doing a reading until I got a thing that I liked, which <laughs> yeah. would take a long time because the cards were trying to show me where I was. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. No, no. Right? <laughs> keep going. So yeah. So I, and that's, that's also diminishes your trust in your own ability yeah. to know for yourself. Yeah. And you do know. There's a part of all of us that knows you know, it's, I call it the wild silky. It's like inside us, it's sleeping most of the time. Yeah. We can like, you know, calm down our nervous system. It can kind of wake up, it unfurls itself. It knows, yeah. it knows. It has a, a quieter voice than a lot of the noise of our lives. So we do have to like go to it, 
kind of romance it, charm it out a little bit. But mm-hmm. then when you ask, when we ask, when I do one-on-one sessions, I mean, when we connect with that that knowing part of, of people, yeah. I'll ask them questions and, you know, to ask that knowing part of them. And the answers are like, yes, no. Yeah. It's not this like, maybe it means this. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's yes or no. Yeah. yeah. Unless I've asked a wrong question. And like sometimes they'll, it's like, it's unclear. It's like, okay, that just means we have the wrong question. Let's come around it a different way. But most, most like, you know, very simple things like, am I safe? Yes. Like it, it just comes through like that. Um, and we all have that. It's just, is anyone, you know, romancing, romancing it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to show up. You got to, you know. You got to create an environment that it wants to, you know, reveal itself. So fascinating. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I love this stuff. I think that, I mean, think about this. When I, on Friday, we did a big crystal meditation. There's probably like 30 something people in the room. I said the same set of words to everybody in the room. Yeah. Afterwards, do you think anybody went to the same place in meditation? No, everyone felt different emotions, had different visualizations, had different physiological experiences, had different releases, had different you know enhancements yeah. and supercharges. But it's the same set of words, and it just shows you how fascinating people are and how many layers are inside each one of us. People that you just walk by on the street and you don't even notice, like there are worlds and worlds inside them. Humans are so fascinating yeah amazing creatures and yeah and and soul collage same thing i've seen other people's soul collage decks and again people that maybe i didn't even notice when i first walked in the room Mm -hmm. and i see their deck and i want to cry because you see there's all of this inside them tricky things scary things beautiful things you know i mean funny things i mean inside each person it's infinite it's so it's so fascinating I know it's like that's it's one of the reasons why like I love the work that I do yeah I think in another life I could have been a coach yeah yeah because I do find people I feel like you kind of are though like I mean like you're helping Uh, people I mean I when I I listen to your stuff I feel yeah I feel like I'm more of a mirror (laughs) does that make sense than a coach yeah right because a coach is like um more like the riverbanks yeah right and I'm just more like I'm just here to help you see yeah. what's what's already here. Well, and I think what's similar, because when I think it's in the field meditation, you talk about the mirror, right? Like yes. holding the mirrors and stuff. And that really struck me because like, and I think in that one too, you're talking about like the gauze, like, like there's like these like films yes, that are lifted yeah, off of. Yeah. And it's funny because as I was listening to that, like I really resonated with that as a coach. Because yeah. it was like, I feel like so many times like my clients are looking at themselves through like just dirty mirrors yes, like yes. and there it's like all these things where you have to like clean it off or like lift these layers yes it's like for them to really see like to your point like the power of your own brain yeah the power of your, your archetypal thoughts, self your, yeah your your the way you the way that your inner being sees you yeah which is in my experience categorically beautiful yeah again all different 100%. with all yeah. different people but every single time like so beautiful if you could really see that in another person, like it would make you cry in a good way. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. We could talk about this all day. Um, I think when we first talked about this, we were talking about doing like maybe like a mini guided Let's meditation. Let's do it. Do you want to do it? Yes, okay. let's do it. Yay. Okay. So um, if you're not in a vehicle, it would be great to like sit in a chair to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start by closing 
our eyes and turn your palms up and open. And start to pay attention to whatever is happening in the air right above the skin of your open hands, okay? And we're turning our palms up and open to indicate that we're entering into a state of just really high receptivity. So we're becoming very receptive to help and healing, becoming receptive to power and wisdom, and becoming receptive to the unconditional love that existence has for us. And so as you continue to breathe, just paying attention to whatever you can like physically feel happening in the air just above your open hands. So for some people, they can feel like a little energy building, kind of pooling in the open hands. It's, it can feel like a rapid pulsation or a vibration. For some people, it feels like a ball of energy in each hand. And even if you aren't feeling something in each hand, use your imagination and create some energy building in your open hands. So whether you feel it naturally or you create it with your imagination, guess what? It works perfect both ways. And then imagine that you can use your breath to actually increase this energy building in your open hands. Maybe using your breath so that energy in your open palms grows brighter, maybe starts to glow. And then taking a nice deep inhale, and as you exhale, almost like you're scooping up water, bring both palms up and put them one over the other on your heart. And then feel all that energy that gathered in your open palms Feel it now kind of sifting and drifting and radiating out through your body. So it's pouring from your open palms into your heart and then up towards your upper chest, your shoulders, neck, head, out the crown of your head, out through your arms, all the way to your fingertips. That activating energy, kind of sifting, drifting, zooming around through your torso, your ribs, your belly hips, pelvis, down your legs, knees, calves, shins, ankles, any excess just flowing out down into the earth below. And then you can let your hands come to rest in any comfortable position. And just right now, supremely tuning in, this energy has its own intelligence. So just your job is just to breathe and witness how your body feels, especially on the inside. With this energy zooming around, doing little repairs and fixes and unbinding things, unknotting things. And this energy can also kind of supercharge, augment, enhance, heal things. And again, this energy needs no direction from you. It has its own intelligence. Now in your mind's eye, in your imagination, in the distance, see a big tree. So you're outside, 
And you can see a very big, very healthy tree. So first noticing just what kind of tree it is. And then you're kind of drawn towards this tree. So start walking or even running or skipping or dancing towards this tree. And as you get closer to the tree, you're gonna see underneath the tree, there are three boxes, one red, one blue, and one green. So you're gonna go all the way over to the tree until you're standing in front of these three boxes. You're gonna take a nice deep inhale. And as you exhale, three little birds come and they land in the branches right over one of the boxes. So no matter what box you were initially attracted to, whatever box, the red, the blue, or the green, that the little birds land above, you're gonna take a nice deep inhale and as you exhale, you're gonna take that box, you're gonna open it up, and inside is going to be a sacred object. It can be anything. It is fine for this object to be strange or seem simple or mundane or funny. And this object is a clue. It's a metaphor, it's a symbol, it's a gift. And it has to do with maybe the next three or four weeks of your life. So opening up whatever box the birds pick for you. Seeing what's inside. And experiment with the idea that you don't even need to know exactly the full meaning of this object. All you have to do is breathe it in and take it to heart. The same way you took that energy in through your heart, just kind of breathe this object so it kind of becomes a part of you. And if there are some insights arising about this object, just letting them come in. A few more moments, just really consciously like taking this symbol to heart. No need to force the meaning to bloom right now. The meaning's gonna bloom over tonight, tomorrow, the next day. And by a week from now, you're going to have full confidence about what a gift this symbol is. And then taking a nice big inhale, and as you exhale, open your eyes. Was there something in the little box? You don't have to tell us what it is. Yes, there yes. Was. Yeah. So then, okay, so now you can, mm -hmm. the next time you go into meditation, even for a minute, yeah. you can just see that symbol again and ask for more insight about it. And you can just keep that thread going in a very simple, mm. chill way. Yeah. And did you have a sense of like when the story was going, your brain could, yeah, 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 there's boxes and there's a yeah. tree and da, da, da but something else is happening inside you and that's actually yeah. the thing. Well, cause it's funny cause like I, again, like I feel that like part of me that's like, oh, is this right? Is this the right mm -hmm. tree? Is this mm -hmm. the right thing? You know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even like the opening of the box, like there was something in, I mean, it was like, well, what the hell does that mean? Yes, like <laughs> yes, right, that's right. And just like- So I love the idea of like, okay, 
meditating on it and kind of asking for more insight. Yes. And then I was like, do I change it? Like what? Mm -hmm. Well, you (laughs) certainly can. And that's another way that this style of meditation deviates from a lot. Many times we'll do a meditation where um, you do change something, Mm. where you are active. And this happens a lot of times when you want to alchemize something. You want to transmute something. We have a meditation where you put all this stuff in a sack you have to carry it up a big mountain. There's a bonfire up there. You consciously put it all in there. You watch it burn. You have this feeling of release. And then you also see all these other mountaintops with all these other fires because you realize that everyone is doing this process and everyone has to release things sometime. Yeah. So in that one, yeah, you you have all this stuff and you are changing, changing something. Yeah. And then also look at that insight of, I'm wondering if this is the right thing. I bet you anything that if you look in your daily life, that has served you, mm-hmm. right? This ability to look at all these different things and be like, is this going to be the thing or is this going to yeah. be the thing? And then you make choices. So you might be someone who's actually very good at that. And then again, you can play with that. Yeah. Is there a shadow side to this? Is you know? And then yeah. you get to play. So now it's all out in the, in your awareness, right? And that is so empowering. Yeah, gosh, even you just saying that, because I usually beat myself up for, like, wondering if it's yes, right. Yes, yes. And now I'm just being like, oh, no, wait, where does that serve me? Yes. When I'm like, oh, this isn't a good use of my time, but yes. this is, or this right. is the right, yeah. And then also, like, is it right? Well, efficacy is, like, my big yeah. thing. So let's go out into, like, let's say, you know, you see, I'm just making things up now. Let's say you see a tiger, right? Mm-hmm. And then two days later, you're driving on the 405, you're driving on a freeway, and you see a billboard and has a tiger on it, right? So to me, at that moment, I remember the tiger, Mm -hmm. and I kind of just open my awareness, even while I'm driving, and be like, is there some insight here? Is there something that would be good for me to know? And you will be shocked if you just ask those questions, especially in a quiet moment in the car by yourself, a song will come on the radio, or something else will happen. So, you know, it just becomes our, 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 especially our subconscious, but also the collective unconscious. And I think to some degree, the superconscious, they speak to us so well in symbols, colors, numbers, these things. They understand those things. It's an easier way for them to communicate than like full sentences or paragraphs. So it's just, and then also it's like, I, this is what I got. Yeah. My first thought is, is it right? My second thought is going to be, I'm going to experiment and see yeah so let's say you you know you got a pair of scissors i'm just i'm just you know yeah so is you could just go through the next week being like is there anything i need to cut out Mm. yeah is that what the scissors mean and through that exploration maybe that is what scissors mean maybe it means something different but you will find it out if you keep like just a curious mind and then every time you have some insight that's like I I don't know if it was the right tree or if it it's like that's now you know something about yourself mm-hmm. right because there's gonna be other people who do that who like get a thing and they go huh that's the thing right <laughs> yeah, done yeah right but they may not have certain abilities in critical thinking that you have mm-hmm. right so you can turn it to look at it it's like this yeah. is one of my superpowers this is one of the things that makes me unique well, and I love the idea of, because I do this too in my coaching, is like, you know, finding the neutral. And like when you're talking about the shadow and, yes. and being out of balance, it's like, yeah, like any of these things could, they're not good or bad. Yes. Like there's this like neutrality yes. to them, right? Like to being, you know, someone who's like 
oh, is this always right? Or like questioning things. Yeah. It's like, okay, like find the neutral in that. And yeah. Like, where's the good? Where's the bad? And, and also the insight that like, for me, me, I am so quick. The reason the strict man is such an important archetype for me to work with is because I am so quick to be strict with myself, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what can happen? That can double back on itself. Now I'm, I'm strict on myself for being strict with myself, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's not going to be a good dynamic for me and has proven to not be a good dynamic, right? So at least when I know, not only am I strict with myself, and I know sometimes that's a superpower, sometimes it's to my detriment, and guess who's in charge of dialing that up or dialing that down? Me. Now we're in a new paradigm with it, and it's so liberating. And our... I'll say this as quickly as I can. You know how people talk about how the conscious mind is like the top of the iceberg and the Mm -hmm. subconscious is the iceberg? And I think that makes people feel very responsible for every, 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 everything, which can be a good spiritual practice, but can also be a lot. We all have to remember all of our icebergs are still in the collective, okay? So we're still in the collective unconscious and, of Mm -hmm. course, our collective society. And we're evolving very quickly now and we're overcoming a lot of old programming and a lot of that old programming has to do with I'm not good enough I'm not doing it right I'm not worthy I'm not safe I'm not worth it Mm -hmm. so just let yourself have the tree right just let yourself have if it's if it's if it's the symbol changes or if it's not that's okay you know better to do it in meditation than like in a you know, signing some stack of legal documents. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like this is your place where you can experiment and also be kind to yourself. Be like just radical friendliness. Like, you know, I meditated today and the whole time I was thinking about the tree trimmers. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know, like, you know, and then the next day you're like, going to med- I hope I don't think I about don't. the tree trimmers again. <laughs> and then you have like the ecstatic experience, you yeah. know, like um, not because you ordered it, but just because you think you're not going to have it, yeah. you know? So um, there is. A- and I love that idea that you get to dial it in, right? Cause it's like one of the things that I super tell powerful. clients and then I remind myself too, is that like I'm the problem and the solution. That's right. Right. So yes. it's like, once I realize, like, oh, right, I'm in charge of this. Yes. That means that, oh, then I get to fix it. Or yes. I get to, you know, and sometimes, the, and I always tell all clients, sometimes that's good news, sometimes it's bad news. Yes. And also, <laughs> it doesn't mean, because I'm the one who can do the dials, yeah. it doesn't mean I need to blame myself for however yeah. things are. However it is, it is. Yeah. We are and all. Going from there. Like, yeah. Just, we are the all just little human animals doing our best to survive yeah. in in the world, you know? In and the wilderness. S- yes, in the wilderness society. of life. And there is suffering and all these things, and it doesn't mean that we're bad. And yeah, and then also from there, I'm empowering myself. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, I'm so excited to like actually start I could, meditating. Actually, yes. I'm so <laughs> glad. And I'm going to give you some little things too. Oh, good. Okay. So where can we find you? So my website is youaremagicla.com. So it's Y-O-U-A-R-E-M-A-G-I-C-L-A.com. Um, and that's where you can find everything. If you're interested in soul collage, if you want to, you know, a lot of people like books better mm. than headphones. I have books. Um, a lot of people love 
the streaming service because you get everything yeah. that's ever on the site and you just, you know, some days you feel like you need a healing meditation. Some yeah, days you, you feel like treat. you need like an abundance boost, you know, so there's all that stuff there. Um, and also like, I'm a real life person. If you go to the website and you email me, guess who's going to email me, mail you back? <laughs> it's me. Um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at. I do, I, I am in and out of Instagram mm -hmm. because I'm highly creative and I don't love what Instagram does to my creativity. Uh, so when I am there, I'm at meditation underscore Jess. Okay. Um, but I prefer an email over a DM because if I'm taking a month off Instagram, I'm yes. going to miss your message. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So Thank much you so much. This, so I could fun. talk with you for like 12 hours. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. You're going to have like marathon podcasts. I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please subscribe, share with your friends, or leave a review on iTunes. As we grow the show, I would love to hear from you. What damn thing did you accomplish this week? Is there a topic you're dying for me to explore on the show? Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Do The Damn Thing Show and let me know. I can't wait to connect with you and hear all about the action you're taking in your life. In the meantime, get out there and do the damn thing.